the beautiful thing about the body is if you give it space and you practice mindfulness, it will automatically find its way back to balance. It's so brilliant. There's nothing we have to do other than just show up to whatever the mindfulness practice we are in. That voice was Amanda Levesque, today's guest. I'm so glad that you'll get to learn from her. Thanks everyone for being here. This is Yoga Magic and I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. So last week we took the week off um, for reflection, just to honor you know, the uprising for racial justice in our country. And wow, what a couple of weeks. I mean, it's, it's weird because I had mentioned a couple episodes ago, you know, self-discovery and self-study has been so real during COVID while we've been at home. And now, bam, I mean, true self-discovery, specifically in our own beliefs about race and racial biases became a reality for this whole country. So, I mean, in really stark contrast, Black people have had to face the reality of racism literally every day. I mean, they're, they're obviously not just waking up to it. For many white folks like myself, you know, we turned a blind eye for so long, and now here we are. For those of you who don't know me, I live in Minnesota, in the Twin Cities specifically, where the terrible death of George Floyd took place. And it's, it's really kind of crazy because I always pride myself on being from a progressive state. You know, we're, we're a blue state. We're in the north. But Minnesota has some of the most toxic racial inequalities in the whole country. I mean, I even read White Fragility, that book, talking about this very thing. And you know what I did after I read that book about a year ago? Nothing. Literally nothing. I mean, so I'm just here owning up to my privilege, to my mistakes, and my intention of self-study moving forward. Because that's what this show is about. It's about looking within so that we can be better. We can be better and then take care of others. So what that will look like on this show is a commitment to extensive research on the wellness practices that we discuss, a commitment to finding teachers whose race and cultures originated that practice whenever possible. Um, It's a commitment to cultural appreciation rather than appropriation. It's a commitment to never spiritually bypass. If you're not familiar with what spiritual bypassing is, um, it's the practice of saying, you know, oh, it's all love and light. We're in this together. When you're just actually ignoring what's happening in the world around you or, you know, rather than owning up to your own shadows. Um, And, you know, the only way I can stay committed to this in order to serve you, this community, in the most authentic way is for you just to provide feedback. And, And that's feedback when I'm amplifying the right voices and also feedback when I'm making mistakes. You know, we say it in the in the intro of this show, a handstand fall. <laughs> it's necessary. It's a necessary part of the learning process. We have to fall. We have to fail. So a final reminder to everyone listening, white folks, black folks, people of color, indigenous folks, please take care of yourself right now. If you are a black person in America, you're probably going through a lot. And make sure you're taking that necessary rest so you can fill up your cup. If you're a white person and you're feeling called out, you're exhausted, you know, take your quick nap, do some yoga, and then get back to it. Don't give up because honestly, this this is going to be a marathon and we need to start running right now. Okay, that's the perfect segue to today's episode with Amanda Levesque of Science and Magic. So Amanda so intelligently weaves the nourishment of the nervous system Um, through meditation, yoga, and other restorative practices with subtle spirituality and just a little bit of magic, um, the unknown. (laughs) She talks about what's happening in the brain when we do these restorative practices, why it's really important to commit to them regularly, 
Um, she talks about the magic of the early morning and why it's better to leave your phone away from your, your bedroom if you can. And she talks about how these practices can assist the collective in a really tumultuous time like right now. So let's get to our chat with Amanda Levesque, the founder of Science and Magic. You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class, lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being, and not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding the personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hi, Amanda. Welcome in today. I'm so glad you're on the show. Thanks for carving out some time. How are you doing? I am doing okay. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing okay as well. I'm, I'm glad to talk to you today. I think this is a, a good little break from lots of things right now. For sure. So for listeners um, that maybe don't know me or Amanda, we both are here in the Twin Cities. So we are, are close to a lot of, of things happening. And honestly, I'm really grateful that we're here and we're here together. I am too. Yeah, we share similar communities, so it's nice to connect in this way. Mm -hmm. Amanda, will you tell listeners who you are and a little bit about, you know, just kind of introduction into your work before we dive into it? Because I mean, honestly, it's some of the coolest work out there right now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I am essentially a brain geek, also a dancer and yoga instructor. I study neuroscience in college. And I minored in dance, and I have always been fascinated by the brilliance and the power of the human body. Um, I was a yo- I've been a yoga teacher for almost a decade now and continue to dance. And I have a virtual learning platform called Science and Magic, and it's designed to offer embodied learning experiences that sync the nervous system with the cycles of the earth. Um, So I have a continued fascination with how our brilliant bodies can find more ease, and that includes nervous system education and then understanding the rhythms of the world around us. And in addition to that, I do um, one-on-one coaching, and I host uh, courses and things like that as well. So cool. I recently signed up for a membership, and I think I was just like, this is everything that I love, like all into one little package, like meditation. And, and I, I love that you say that you're a, a brain geek or nerd or whatever you said about it, because there's so much that we don't even realize is happening when we're doing these, these practices. Will you talk a little bit more about, about science and magic and specifically what's in there and in your, your membership and, and the workshops and things that you do and then how you got here, how you got into this work? So I, I started to realize that I also, like, I'm really interested in understanding the moon cycles and 
um, earth-based holidays and more woo-woo stuff. And I started to get really overwhelmed Googling everything yeah. <laughs> because there's so much content out there. And I've always been a curator by nature. Um, I was a show producer in my 20s and I ran an arts nonprofit as well. So I've always had the skill set to be able to curate and create community. And Science and Magic is the first time I've done this virtually. And the idea was really, like you said, you can log in and it's all your favorite things are there. So I'm, I'm curating it for members. Um, and in addition to you know, earth cycles and moon cycles and earth-based holidays, we also have meditation and nervous system support and yoga. I am really passionate about not just learning and keeping the information in our brains, but also integrating the information we're learning into our bodies. So it's this idea of, okay, full moon in Sagittarius coming up. What does that look like? What does a full moon in Sagittarius yoga class look like? What does it feel like? Um, there's also a traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturist and neurologist, and she offers seasonal living advice. You know, so it's summer now. What does that mean with yoga? What sort of things can we do to calm our nervous system, to calm our body? And it's a constant art, and it's definitely one that will continue to be fine-tuned as we move forward as a team. But we're cross-collaborating every month. We have a phone call, and we come up with ways to really meld these, these topics of science and magic and not only meld them, but then record them and upload them into a virtual learning platform. So it's quite the feat and we're pretty new. We've been around since September of 2019. So it hasn't even been a year yet. Oh my gosh, um, I didn't realize and, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the idea really. And so we have meditation, we have yoga, we have um, collective dream readings, we have mindful movement. Um, there's honoring the wheel of the year, the pagan holidays. There's seasonal living advice. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, on occasion we have guest instructors as well. And that's one of the things I have a, a hard time kind of like, you know, one of my challenges sifting through all of these ideas because everyone has a lot of ideas. So I really, you know, steering the ship, keeping that focus of like sinking the nervous system, nervous system education to the cycles of the earth, understanding the environment around us and making sure everything melts together towards that vision or towards that overarching intention. And I mean, there's so much happening in the earth and there's also so much happening in the environment and within ourselves. And is that, I mean, I, you're probably right. There's probably a million ideas of, of directions that you can go and, and trying to find something that kind of works for everyone is, I imagine kind of challenging. Like, how do you what like study do you do to decide, okay, like let's focus in on full moon in Sagittarius is like, have you done a lot of astrology work or do you work with certain guides or this is, I didn't put this in the advanced question. So I'm really just curious. Yeah, no, I welcome all questions. Um, I really lean into simplicity as much as possible because there is so much information out there. And this is one thing I work with. You know, I don't know a lot about the moon phases. I work with the moonologist in the portal to offer information about the moon phases. Mm -hmm. And I'm the bridge between the members who offer their feedback. And I really try to understand who our members are, what they're seeking, and then 
bridge that to the contributors so that they can deliver information in a way that serves them. And I have found that a lot of people, a lot of our members are really busy. So they don't want to have to sift through information. And it's not like a lot of our members aren't necessarily sitting down in front of the computer taking notes. I mean, we do have some. But a lot of people are on the go when they're listening to this. Mm -hmm. So they want sort of this one and done clear response, like what's going on and how is it relevant in my daily life? And I see this need for that in our current climate in general, because I just get an information overload mm -hmm. when I try to like, and I like researching, but it's like, it's kind of like you're following a million different accounts on social media and then there's all these informations and long captions and really the idea is eventually and we're getting better and better at this but to shorten the contributions and provide a really elegant and simplistic delivery and then if they want more they can kind of deep dive in their own but science and magic is like a like a sample of what's going on an easy to digest delicious sample if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, it absolutely does. And that's such a good answer because you're right there. I mean, if I were to look at how many astrologers I'm following right now, it's just like, I don't know what to interpret always, but I also think that there are more people that are sort of awake to this work right now. Would you agree with that? Um, I would definitely agree with that. I have felt that in my own life. And sometimes I think like, is it just because I'm really into it that everyone's starting, you know, cause like that law of attraction, like okay, now that I'm really into it, I'm starting to see all the people who are, but I have totally felt that there's this thirst for connection with the world around us, with nature. People, we inherently want that. And I don't think there's a single person who would say nature doesn't soothe them in some way. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. I always question that too. I'm like, is it because I'm really obsessed with this stuff or not? Totally. So this month on Yoga Magic, we're talking a lot about the brain, specifically as it relates to these practices that we talk a lot about on the show, yoga and meditation. And you having the background that you do have a lot of information about what is happening to the brain when we work these practices into our life regularly. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so in a really, really basic way, there's two main branches of the nervous system. There's the fight or flight, which is this part of the nervous system that is designed to activate energy, to unleash energy in the body and keep us on high alert so that we can respond and react to the world around us. And this branch has helped us survive and as a species because when we're met with a threat, we want to have energy to respond to it. And then the other branch is called the parasympathetic nervous system, and this is rest and digest. So this is, we've just unleashed all of this energy. The parasympathetic is designed to restore our energy, to replenish. And often in our society, we lean more into the sympathetic nervous system. So this means that a lot of us are running with the hormones of stress in our bodies more often than not, and it gives us the energy we need to get through the day. And we don't often take the time to carve out for the parasympathetic nervous system to replenish and rejuvenate. Um, optim optimal health and wellness lies in the balance of these two branches. So a lot of times I work with my clients to carve out space for their parasympathetic nervous system to regenerate, to restore, to naturally find balance. This is the beautiful thing about the body is if you give it space, 
and you practice mindfulness, it will automatically find its way back to balance. It's so brilliant. There's nothing we have to do other than just show up to whatever the mindfulness practice we are in. And then you can let your body do what it's designed to do. I love that. I yesterday was chatting with another guest um, about how in yoga nidra, if you fall asleep, that's what your body just needed at that moment. It maybe didn't need the full, you know, eight layers or whatever. And I think that speaks to what you're saying exactly. Like your body, it knows what to do, especially if we prime it in the right way. Oh, cool. Very cool. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And one of the, you know, the unique things about about being human is that we can turn the stress response on, we can turn on our sympathetic nervous system just with thought. So just by thinking about something, you can release the cascade of stress hormones in your body. So our thoughts are influencing our biology. And it doesn't mean that thoughts are good or bad. This is just having the understanding or the knowledge to witness that that's happening and knowing that, hmm, I'm thinking about this now. My body feels stressed out now. Perhaps I should carve out time and space for recovery so that I can find balance. And recovery doesn't need to look like an hour-long yoga class. Mm -hmm. This looks different for everyone, and I'm really hesitant to give like a one-stop shop protocol, but it can be like five minutes in the middle of the day just to check in with your breath and practice mindfulness as well. I know people are really, really busy. Um, it's shifting perspectives that we create more mindfulness as we're working, as we're taking care of our kids, as we're running our errands, so that we're not constantly wrapped up in thoughts that turn on the stress response. So you said, I mean, thoughts can can trigger sympathetic nervous system, and they can also do. You, can thoughts also trigger the parasympathetic, or would you say that's more lack of thought? That is a great question. I think. I think lack of thought, leaning into that. I mean, here's the thing though. We're not, we're humans. We're going to think. Right. 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 So it's like, it's not about suppressing thoughts. It's like knowing that you're thinking it's spaciousness around that. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, interesting. I had that thought. That's not my thought. So you're not getting absorbed in the memory. And I think parasympathetic nervous system is more knowing that you're here because more, most often than not, and not in every single case, we are, our bodies are safe, most of us. Mm-hmm. And so if we're constantly thinking about something that's outside of this moment, then the sympathetic nervous system will be turned on. But if we can come back to the present moment, if we can feel our hips on the ground underneath us, if we can feel the life underneath our skin, feel our heartbeat, feel our breath, we know that we're here and we know that we're safe. Our bodies know that. Mm-hmm. And we can pay attention to it. it. That's it's such a common thing that people will say when they're thinking about starting meditation practices. Like, oh, I can't, I can't, you know, remove my thoughts. And it's like, don't you don't have to remove your thoughts, but just notice them. Like, be present, like you're saying. Oh, love that. So specifically, you know, I was listening to one of your recent monthly update on the portal. Um, and you had mentioned brainwaves and, and why it's more optimal to do some of these well-being practices, journaling or meditating or prayer, or whatever it is that you work into your life in the morning. Can you talk about why that is and why maybe that's a better option than like checking your cell phone? <laughs> totally. Um, 
So brain waves are the frequency at which communication travels through the brain. So the brain sends electrical signals through different pathways in response to our environment. When we're thinking, our brain's kind of always lighting up in these patterns at different speeds. And the lowest brainwave frequency is referred to as delta, and this is like a deep restorative sleep. And then theta is a step up for that, a little bit higher frequency. And theta is kind of like when you're on the bridge between falling asleep but you're still laying in bed but you're having kind of like visions you know mm -hmm. they're not quite, they're not quite dreaming but you're having little pictures come in and then alpha is a little bit higher frequency and this is often where we're at when we're meditating or we're in yoga class and this is this like our inner world becomes more real than our outer world and we're calm and we're in balance and we're soothed and then even higher than that would be beta brainwave frequency and this is where a lot of us are throughout the day we're responding to our environment we're reacting we're taking in our environment interpreting it and in creating a response and then high beta would be extreme survival really high frequency um, reactivity so beta is not bad, like just a normal baseline beta. And neither is high beta, when this is not good or bad. It just depends on the situation you're in. When you fall asleep or when you wake, you, you travel along that journey of the brainwave frequency. So when we are waking up in the morning, we're going from delta to theta to alpha to beta. And theta brainwave frequency holds our subconscious. It's a state of hypnosis, essentially. And in this state, we are absorbing information without a filter of the analytical mind. So we're, we're inputting everything is truth without any filter. And once I learned this, I stopped immediately scrolling in the morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, if our feed is like filled with inspirational things that we want to program into our minds, scroll. But often it's, we're doing it kind of mindlessly. Like I honestly used to grab my phone and use it to wake my eyes up, <laughs> which isn't, I mean, I wouldn't really suggest that for anybody too, because there's blue light that comes from your phone and things like this. So now I have made it a habit. I open my eyes and I immediately think of the things I'm grateful for. Mm. I feel my partner next to me. I'm like so grateful for my apartment. I feel into my heart space and it takes less than 15 seconds um, so this is really why is that these times and then same thing as you go to bed, um, listening to a hypnosis as you go to bed, you're programming that into your mind. So I'll, uh, I'll often be really careful if I want to program something like positive affirmations or things, I'll, I'll put it in my ears as I'm falling asleep. But I definitely have this strict and hard rule like 30 minutes upon waking and 30 minutes upon going to sleep, I don't touch my phone or technology. And in the past week, that has completely unraveled. I'll just say that. Right. <laughs> no, understand. In general, that's, that's kind of the rule that I live by because it's such a potent time period. I feel like this is actual magic. Like people don't realize that that this time is so. I mean, is is so magical that we can use it to our our advantage, and that we're you know by habit just looking at something that's kind of I don't know 
taking away from that experience. But I, I, you're right. It has gone by the wayside in the last week. That's for sure. But normally I like to keep my phone away for the same reason. I love the idea though, of just like doing your gratitude practice mentally right away when you wake up. That's smart. Yeah. And you know, you're kind of like cloud, you're kind of little cloudy, dreamy, and you can slowly let yourself float in that space. And if you practice, like, what are you saying to yourself? Is it, you know, is it intention? Is it a prayer? Is it a mantra? It starts to become habit. So you just lean into it automatically without a lot of discipline. And I'll say like, this is also really relevant when it comes to intaking, you know, television shows. Like what I, so there have been so many times where I've watched, you know, binge watch maybe a Netflix season and then dreamt about it. Like it's literally being <laughs> programmed into our subconscious mind. And this can be good. I think sometimes we're drawn to storylines because a part of us needs to learn a, a lesson through that media. But it's really important to know that what you're watching is is being programmed into your brain patterning. So your neural pathways are lighting up in response to the story that's in front of you. And if you're doing it right before bed, you're programming that information into your brain. 100%. Yeah. Ugh. So we talked a little bit, you know, we talked about the subconscious, we talked about the practices <laughs> and something that I see weaved into, into science and magic, but in such a, such a smart way is spirituality. And I'm curious, like, how do you weave that into the teachings that you have offered on your platform while still remaining really inclusive to those different beliefs that people have? Whenever I work with my one-on-one clients, and this is something, you know, I've, I've wanted to be really careful with, but also remain authentic to myself because a lot of of the ways, this is where that magic piece comes in, right? I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't include some sort of spiritual practice. And I think of spirituality as the mystery, the unknown, the part of us that we can't see, the unseen. I often, you know, with my one-on-one clients, describe it as perhaps it's that energy that flows through nature, that, that grows nature into cohesion, into coherence, because there is a life force in nature that creates so much beauty and we are a part of that. And when we can let that same energy system flow through our own bodies, we can also find coherence. But it's our thought patterns, it's our thinking mind that often intercepts that that energy flow. So at a very base level, this is how with my one-on-one clients, I refer to spirituality as it's an energy, it's an energy flow that flows through nature. And most people can grasp into that. And then, you know, within the portal, I don't, I don't know if I address it specifically, and this may be something that evolves over time as I understand how to even be more articulate about it, but it might just come out naturally because it's such a part of who I am and my daily practices. And it's really, it's really the mystery. It's like the part of us that Yes, science, of course, read science, learn about science, understand the things that are tested and proven and what's not proven, but have such reverence for what we don't know. I think that, I think that our society is missing the awe. The, like, ancient civilizations seem to have this like, awe of life. Mm-hmm. And that to me is maybe perhaps the spirit you're sensing into. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do we not see? And how can we hold space for all perceptions of what that is from everybody? 
This makes me really want to relive my science, my like high school science classes. I'm like, <laughs> if you would have been the teacher, like this would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> I know. It's so funny because I got, I loved science and I still keep in touch with um, the head of the neuroscience department at St. Thomas and she's amazing, but I never really enjoyed being in lab. Like I just am not the person to to follow through with the scientific method. I think it's important. And I think it's really important to, that people are doing it. And I always loved reading about it, but I just, I really struggled with where to put my love for science. And that's why I took such a long break after college because it's either you go into research and if you're a professor, it's about researching too. Um, it's doing, I don't know, studies. And I just, I like more learning about it. I'm like a learner. And then this is my unique way of relaying the information through the body, through experience, through like an art. I like to describe things really artistically and dreamy, I guess, you know, so I'm glad that you're feeling into that and it <laughs> resonates with you. So while we're on the inclusivity track and, and frankly, you know, we're so close to a lot of what's happening in the media right now. I mean, you, you are very close. You're, you're right there in it. And I think now is the time to start talking about these, these issues of injustice and, and racial inequality as often as possible. And, and I want to touch on specifically the work and the offerings that you have with Science and Magic around internal work. And I guess I'm just curious as to, you know, those of us that are white, as we're trying to unlearn these racial biases that we have, and we do this, this discovery, how might some of the work that you have help with this process of looking inside of examining our thoughts to simply be better? Yeah, the, so the um, classes and offerings in the Science and Magic portal are, they're for everyone. Um, the contributors and the members represent a wide array of racial identities from all over the world. And so I really acknowledge my own privilege as a white woman holding this space for everybody. And really, it's my job to listen and to respond to the requests of the members who are in the portal with an open heart. Um, for, you know, for the members who are white, I think really the benefit of the portal allows in regulating the nervous system because as we start to dismantle racism in our own bodies, it's very, very common to start getting agitated or defensive or angry. And what these resources are designed to do is to take us inward, inward, inward more and more so that we can calm our nervous systems and reflect from a place of deep honesty. Often when we're in that sympathetic state, we are way more reactive, way more confrontational. And as, as white people right now, it's really important to not be defensive and to stay calm and to stay listening with an open heart. Mm -hmm. And really these, these resources are designed just for that, to take you in, because again, your body knows. So we watch, our, watch how our body responds take a breath, practice the resilience of not reacting, and just listen, listen, listen. It's so hard for us to listen. I, ugh, I, I mean, here I am like interviewing people and I just often 
want to jump in and like talk and, and, and say all these things and we have to just shut our mouths and listen. Yeah. What about for people of color? I mean, you, you have so many, so many amazing teachers of color and you have so many resources. Is there, I mean, the same answer is probably true, right? Helping, helping them work through the trauma of what is our country right now. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I would say, you know, parasympathetic nervous system nourishment. Just, just, I hope that science and magic members and the people of color in the portal can take these classes and just feel good, just feel delicious. Just, I hope it's a reprieve. I hope they can find a safe space in their home or wherever they're practicing and let their whole bodies feel nourished. It is so needed always, especially right now. And that is that is really my intention. And it's so accessible. I love that it's one, it's digital, right? So you can be done anywhere and it's only $11 a month. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know that I've seen as much as you have in your offering at that amazing price. Like to me, that says that you are aware that everyone needs this work and that you can, you can give it to them at a really accessible rate. What else do you think? And I get, this is sort of a selfish question because I feel like I'm a, a wellnesspreneur, <laughs> like fresh out the gate. I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to, I want to be thinking about inclusivity, about being accessible to as many people as possible. What do you think that we as wellness professionals can do to be more accessible, more inclusive in this community right now? Many folks in the wellness world, yoga, acupuncture, massage therapy are white. And so I will specifically address white folks to answer this question. Um, I think the first step, and this can feel like a huge step, is understanding how racism shows up in our bodies, in our own neural pathways. And I'm a huge believer that we have to start here. We have to educate ourselves about our own biases. Sometimes it can feel easier to give money, easier to show up to protest. And those things should be done. But it starts with just recognizing that, that I'm part of the problem. And of course, donate money you know, to organizations that are run by folks who are Black, Indigenous, people of color. Um, find businesses and make it a point to support them with our consumer dollars. For sure, for sure. You know, as white professionals in the wellness world, it's not just about making your offerings free or affordable. Mm -hmm. It's also about lifting up the voices of services and platforms that are run by people of color. And this goes for white consumers as well. Finding wellness accounts and brands that are run by people of color. Take their classes, enroll in their courses, and pay them for their work. So I think when we work on these two things, both dismantling the racism in our own bodies, our own neural pathways, and amplifying the voices of black, brown, indigenous people, our professions will inherently feel more accessible and inclusive just by default. That's such a great answer. I, I'm in agreement. And it's funny though, I will admit that up until, I mean, the last week, I don't know that I've ever really thought about making an effort to truly get to someone's class of color that I just, that's not something I thought of. And that's, that's a problem. And I'm, I'm really, saddened by what's happening in our community, but I'm happy to be awake for the first fucking time. Like it just, it, this is, this is what we needed. So thanks for commenting on that. I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> Before we go, I, we have just, you know, we have so many, you have so many magical practices that 
in the offering in Signs and Magic that I think it would be, I guess for me, when I was looking through, I wasn't 100% sure where to start because I wanted to do it all. What do you suggest? Like what in your portal is a great place to start? So this is, it's so funny you asked this because this is my um, point. This is my intention for the summers. I'm working with a user experience strategist to really navigate the user experience because I know it feels like that. It's like, there's so much and I want to do it all. And that's not the point of the portal. I want the portal to feel really, like I said, elegant and clear and simplistic. So this is something that I will be working on in the coming months. For now, I would definitely check in with the um, orientation, which is an audio recording in the top. And then I usually record a video every month and it's generally around 30 minutes but it gives a overview of not only the theme of the month, which we usually have, we refresh the portal every single month with a different theme, but it provides suggested classes of what to take. And in, if you wanna navigate through that theme, um, we have archived content and then we also have new content that rotates. So again, this is an art of trying to mesh these two themes of science and magic and really provide a, a way that's easy for the user to navigate through an experience. Um, and then, you know, after you listen to the intro that I record, then I would just go with where kind of your intuition of like what you're naturally drawn to. There's several different sections um, and the yoga page is its own separate page. And I would say like, if you are drawn to a specific class, feel free to return to that class. Like I'm all about repeating the same thing, find what's working and keep doing it. And then once you get into a rhythm of that class, then branching out into other ones. So right now it's a little bit of the wild west. Um, <laughs> and in the future, you know, I'm playing around with having a PDF downloadable every month where you can check off kind of like a tour of the portal. Oh, good um, idea. Yeah. So that's, that's on the docket. It's, kind of gotten paused for a bit, but um, that's coming in the future. Cool. I'm excited for that. This It's kind of a, I, I don't know, it's been a special treat. Like I'm still, I mean, I'm not quarantined, I guess per se, but I'm still at home all the time. <laughs> Just like totally to pop in there. I, I don't know. I feel like my yoga practice is going to be a lot different coming out of this, this quarantine. My, my, any of these practices, I feel like I do them more and I, because I can do them at home. So thanks for having all of that so readily available. <laughs> of course, of course. That's one of the, uh, that was one of the goals was to have it accessible from home. And it was interesting because it was created in that way before COVID and um, the whole climate of the online world has shifted. So everything's online now. And it's, it was meant to, yeah, it's always been meant to, because I'm such a homebody myself. I love being home and um, I like consuming content from my home. So I'm glad you feel that you're able to do that with the portal. Absolutely. Yeah. So Amanda, where can our listeners find you? Where can they learn more about all that you have um, within the portal, um, all of the work that you're doing? My website would be the best place. So it's my name, first and last name, amandalevesque.com. And there's links to everything from there. Okay. We'll, we'll link that up in the show notes. And thanks again for chatting. I know we, this, you know, this interview has pivoted a little bit as we have been watching, you know, our world change in the last week. And I'm, I'm just grateful that you have such grace and you have positivity and enlightenment for, for all of us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a joy to be here. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you're hearing, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave some stars, a comment, and even better, share this episode with a friend. Hope to see you back next time.